0: Are you eating it or fucking it? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Bullshit Podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: Episode uh, 50-something. 50-something. Uh, thank you all for tuning in.
1: What do they call that? A cold open?
0: Uh, I would say it's a hot open, right?
1: No, it's a cold open. So we didn't have any music or any indication that we were starting. We just started.
0: But I feel like a hot open makes more sense.
1: Well, theater and TV have been doing it longer than you, and they call it a cold open.
0: Well, if they've been doing it longer, they must be doing it right, because there's no super old institutions that are flawed.
1: Absolutely. Not a single one. So.
2: Yep. That's why things never change.
1: No, well, <laughs> there you go. We have <laughs> We have solved the mysteries of the universe right there, buddy. All right. Have a good one, everybody. And that's it. Nothing more to know. Nothing ever changes. Adam, you're getting lazy.
0: I haven't produced much music lately. I've been very busy. I don't believe that. I well, have been busy.
1: What have you been doing?
0: Packing. He, d-
2: <laughs> he discovered his taint.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I discovered you can get the last little bit of pee out if you just push your taint a little bit after you get done peeing. Oh,
1: absolutely, dude. Kind of yeah. like a milk in the prostate. Yeah, so. That's I, a fucking uh, lazy. Wait till you yeah, get our age oh and you kind of have to do that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fun. So, where are you packing to go?
0: Uh, Nowhere in particular. I'm just hitting the old dusty trail, you know. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm gonna, you know, change the scenery.
1: Mm-hmm. Just you know? uh, ride off into the sunset?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to mm-hmm. hop on the old horse, you know, climb, get some more saddle time.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm into mm-hmm. the old stirrups <laughs>
0: and hit the old dusty trail.
2: Don't forget your chats. You'll get
0: my chaps. Yep, and these I mean, don't have an ass in them.
1: No, so, no chaps, no do, chaps really. do, know, right? Otherwise, they're leather pants. I know, okay. Look, Doug and I were offended I know, that was the idea <laughs> Like, listen, Adam
0: My assless chaps, which are very different from other chaps
2: Actually <laughs> Well, it's just, you know, you need to, you know, put on your chaps and walk around with you wanging your ass out It's awesome
1: It really chaps my ass If you think for a minute that I've never thrown my chaps on with absolutely nothing underneath You are kidding yourself
2: uh we've that's, met. I don't doubt it at all.
0: I didn't want to imagine that though.
1: Yeah, that's, too late. You're
2: welcome. Well, that's like the least uh, least shocking statement ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sorry, I'm eating a crunch wrap from Taco Bell because apparently a friend of mine and I were talking about this. You know, COVID hits. Um she works part-time at a at a Lowe's. She has her own business, but she, she works at a Lowe's part-time and she's talking about how short-staffed they are right and we're discussing that and it's like you know covid killed like a million people and all this stuff and i'm like yeah but the thing is is that places like lowe's and taco bell and mcdonald's and all that are typically excuse me staffed by younger folks because it's a first job kind of thing right um and not to like put it down or anything but like it's a a low uh skilled job that a lot of people can do. labor Right. A lot of people can do it. And so they do it. But now all of a sudden, all like the the grocery store, uh, the Safeway over there, they're hiring for every department. The Taco Bell is understaffed and it takes 20 to 30 minutes to get through the line. I'm not even kidding. Um, So on and so forth. So where is everyone? (laughs) Like COVID didn't kill that many people and people have got to work. They're not doing stimulus checks anymore. Where the fuck is everybody?
0: They enrolled in college.
1: You know, I don't buy that either.
0: (laughs) That that's what happened.
1: But because you can just
0: literally stay in college and never owe the money back as long as you're taking a full load, and that's
1: and there, I know people that have done that, but they still have jobs to pay for rent and food and
2: take corn. But at the same time, you know, staring at. Uh, the the people that did it stared at four walls for a couple of years uh, will sometimes make you reevaluate your life choices. And the trend has been, you know, jobs that are low skilled and generally had what were, you know, sort of in the corporate world before kind of disposable workers, uh, their value has gone up. And because you have a lot of boomers retiring out of the system the same time that all of this stuff uh, really lit up, you've got people that are moving into opportunities that they otherwise would be would have been unable to not too long ago. Ah, I see what so you're saying. you've got a mass exodus of boomers, and then you've got people moving in to fill those positions, and everything's kind of shifting but as opposed to it happening naturally and gradually it all sort of happened at once that's that's the way that i've read it and understood it
1: and my and the friend that i was talking to that was some of the some of the points she brought up exactly right and i told her i'll tell you what i told her i just don't feel like the math adds up i'm not saying that you're wrong i'm not saying that that what you're stating isn't true and happening but does it still seem like that math adds up the way that You see it. I mean, when I talk about there there are places remote tech
0: work has caused people to just do that instead of going for like minimum wage (laughs) in person jobs. Cause I know a couple people who got on with this company and all they do is build websites off commission. So you build a few websites a week and you get basically all that you need to live and pay all your bills. And it's literally an in-house editor. That's like Wix. Right.
1: And And that's right. And, and there's. You know they've they've been predicting or stating for the last what Mm -hmm. five or ten years that computer programming or or like what you're talking about is the new blue collar. Mm -hmm. So maybe there is some maybe there is some uh, validity to that too. That it's just um, there's a a saying uh, a a death by a thousand cuts, right? And that's what we're seeing here is it's not one thing, but like Doug said, a bunch of little things that are that are adding up. And I know that there was at one point, there was some speculation that a lot of these companies took uh, like PPE loans and, and uh, all of these loans from the federal government during COVID. And that the whole thing was, is that when COVID was over and they started hiring people again, because I think that was part of it, like they couldn't find workers and they had to shut down and stuff like that and supposedly when it was all over and they started bringing people back in that they'd have to pay back these loans and i forget where i heard this or read it but there was speculation that a lot of companies were um being purposely, short on purpose yeah, yeah were purposely being short staffed because they can get away with it and as we know if you can cut down your labor cost and and still maintain customers there is a there's a breaking point right <laughs> if if but like that the taco bell that the three of us go to um I think they still do. They were closing at like – they used to be 24-7, and now they're closing at like 9 o'clock. And they
0: they stopped doing uh, breakfast over there. uh Breakfast requires a separate grill. A lot of people don't know that. But Mm -hmm. most food places have a separate grill for food because it's cooked (coughs) at a hotter temperature than every other
1: food Mm -hmm. that you make. And so you got to start to question too. But then I'm sure companies are looking at bottom line and saying, okay, we're –
0: we are experiencing technical difficulties. We will be back with you momentarily. Stick around for the exciting conclusion of the Bullshirt Podcast featuring all of your favorite characters Doug, Dan, and Adam.
1: So, you've got a question whether or not at that point, if um staying yes, is yes. even worth it. You've heard that this is the first time you've ever heard this. This is all new to you. So Yeah. We had some uh technical, technical
0: difficulties, difficulties and had to restart yeah. the uh recording. So yeah. we apologize um for the continuity issues you're about to encounter.
1: <laughs> there was a glitch in the matrix, so I'm yeah, I'm really not sure what that's about, but something with a cat
2: stuttering while it was walking. You know,
1: <laughs> my cat stutters all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially when I'm but, she's not uh, yelling at <laughs> me. You know, uh, Dan, you were making point about corporations and the bottom line, the last thing that we uh, sort mm-hmm. of hit. Um, but yeah, one of the things about uh, the baby boomers and retirement. Uh, since you had a multi-year span where there weren't many children born. And then when you got, had everybody come back in, uh, 45 and 46, and then you had the baby boom, you had a generation, uh, that, you know, basically they all went through everything at the same time. It was a problem while they were all going to school, uh, because, you know, schools had to expand the whole nine yards. Uh, And now they're hitting retirement age. And as a lot of these people are coming out of the labor force, they're coming out of the labor force in mass. So, you know, they've been doing that the entire time. So that's what's opened up a lot of these positions. I mean, even at the place where we work, we've had, you know, we've had a few people retire here recently.
1: And a lot of I do know that quite a few people took early retirement. You know, you're 62 years old. COVID hits. And you're like, yep, I'm out, you know, and that makes complete sense. I don't know. It was just, it's just been weird to, to watch, um, how the service industry, especially, and just the, um, uh, labor force seems to be so diminished uh, just all of a sudden, you know, it it was just really odd, but you know, Hey, COVID changed a lot of things, right? Um, and and we'll continue to change things, I guess. So it was just just a an odd odd conversation that she and I had. It was a good conversation, and then rolling through Taco Bell, you see the same kid at the window seven days a week. <laughs> it's like, damn, son, do you ever go home? Um, it's like I hope they're paying them well. Ah, and you know they ain't, but dudes probably making overtime, which is not something you do very often in in fast food or food service, you know, in general but and you know like i said earlier i'm not shitting on anybody who has a job like that because you have a job that's all i care about people say I, i know like uh when you're dating and stuff i know women that'll say i watch how a guy treats the waiter right i treat wait staff very well because i waited tables for many years i treat but then again i try to treat everybody with respect until given a reason not to but i treat people behind counters because i've been i've been that guy right uh, it's it's hard work and it's shit pay but i always tell people there's a lot of people out there that can do it so they can pay they can get away with paying low but that feels like it's changing and we know what companies are going to do right companies are just going to pass it off on to The consumer, they're going to pass it off onto us. Shit's going to get more. Well, we've got to pay our people a living wage now, (laughs) you know, and it's like, eh, you could not make a trajillion dollars in stock, you know, just saying.
0: But if your company doesn't make more money every year, then, you know.
1: But you can still make more money and you can still make fucking incredible money. But it doesn't have to be your profit margin. Doesn't have to be bigger than the the gross <laughs> fucking domestic yeah. profit. Yeah, of I get it. Yeah. A small country, <laughs> you know. Um, that's like there, the conundrum of like
0: there. publicly traded companies is that they have to be sleaze bags, or people start selling all their stock, and then they really go under.
1: Yeah, because no, uh, the people that are big in in stock, or you know, if that's how they're making their money most of them simply just don't give a fuck about the
0: employees people. of the company or right. anything. Yeah, They right. just want to make and money. That's that's
1: why you trade stock. And you know, what's funny and I don't know what, why that exactly reminded me of, of that, but you guys know who Mark Cuban is, right? Yes. Okay. So Mark Cuban started a website and it sells generic medication, generic drugs, and it's called Mark Cuban's, And then the name of the website, you know, he's really attaching his name to it. And I wish I could remember what it was called because I'd actually, you know what, I'm actually going to look it up, um, because, um, I would like to pimp it out here. It's called cost plus drug company. So it's, uh, yeah, it's called Mark Cuban's cost plus drug company. And he breaks down exactly what they get it for. Um, what they get it for and then all of the different um, prices that they, that they put on it or the profit that they're making or whatever. Um, and it's actually pretty fucking cool. Like you do. Mark Cuban has always been a little bit different though. I think as far as, you know, stupid rich people go. Uh, if you look back, he's got quite a bit of um, philanthropic stuff. I'm sure someone is going to, send me an email on something terrible he did as a teenager. Like he kicked a dog or something. But I think if, if, if you look at it, um, well, he didn't a, fuck a goat or shove a gerbil in
2: his ass because you know, those stories hang around for uh, decades. a decade.
1: Right. Um, but like the one, I can't remember. There's a, one of the drugs the, the little commercial that I saw for it, he did, uh, a, a they were showing the price of a, of a drug. um, that's uh you know something like insulin something like if you don't have it when you're at this point you're, you're gonna die and he showed how much cheaper it is and everything and uh it's i just think it's cool because you know i'm not an anti-american guy i'm, I'm very patriotic i love the united states i love capitalism but at some fucking point something's got to give and when you you know what was that guy's name adam i know you'll know it um that bought the rights to insulin or whatever it was. There you go.
2: It wasn't insulin. It was, um, I can't remember the specific drug, but there were a laundry list of conditions that that particular drug was needed for. Yeah. And, uh, it's one of those where if you didn't have it, you might croak. Yeah. uh, and jacked it up like seven thousand percent. Right. He just right. got out of
0: prison, did a crypto scam for like six hundred thousand dollars, and stole everyone's money.
1: <laughs> well, and then he did Again. the whole thing where you could buy a date with him or some shit. And I'm like, gag. Um, so yeah, it's just. And I, I thought it was pretty cool as I was reading up on it. It's uh, it's real straightforward, um, and it's just a it's a. To me that is I, listen Mark Cuban's making money on this I'm sure on the back end or something but I feel like when you get to, listen if I got to the point where I was literally a billionaire uh I would do shit like that like I would set up nonprofits and I would do things where I might lose a little bit of money it's one of those things where you start looking at the you start looking at the books and you're like oh yeah I'm losing millions a year Oh look, I'm still a stupid fucking billionaire. Literally right? nothing I can't buy anyway. Right? Like I could lose millions every year, and it simply does not hurt me because I have so fucking much. I feel like when you get to the to the level of a Jeff Bezos and shit, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I feel like you owe it to fucking humanity to do something good with that money. I really do. There will be people that argue with me. I don't care. I will always think you are wrong. Because once you've hit a certain point, it's it's just excess. What are you doing with it? I mean, what if makes you give- Mark
2: Cuban his formula unique, as far as the 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 way you're bringing the uh, website across about it? It the the key word here is transparency, mm-hmm. and for years, uh, that's what has helped to fuel. The increasing cost because contracts are always negotiated the details of it are always secret so person X doesn't or corporation X doesn't know what corporation Y paid for it and they and you know it's 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 everything's been wrapped up in that and that's um, been a large point of contention uh, especially uh you know i believe it's referred to as the charge master when you start talking about hospitals mm-hmm. and the charge master price was developed so that insurance companies could tell their members that they were getting a discount mm. um and you know with a but what is actually happening is they were being billed you know the cost that it would actually cost someone to do something So insurance companies went to them, wanted a discount, and they're like, we're we're not giving you a discount. Uh, Then they came up with a whole charge master scheme. And then around the same time, you had the law that was passed into place about somebody could not be denied treatment uh, because of their lack of an ability to pay or lack of insurance. Mm -hmm. You had both of those two that came in at the same time. So hospitals looked at it and went, okay, here's what we're going to do. If you don't have insurance, we're going to charge some ridiculous fucking price, uh, in the official charge master. And Mm -hmm. then that will help to subsidize any of the people that don't have the ability to pay in the whole nine yards. But the whole thing was based around everything being super fucking secret because even, you know, companies that had a charge master on the books, if you called them and asked them what an operation
1: was going to cost, they wouldn't fucking tell you. And that's a brilliant it's a it's a brilliant plan because people who don't have insurance usually are absolutely capable of, of uh, fronting tens of thousands of dollars for a surgical procedure that that they need. Right. So it makes complete sense to charge people with no insurance astronomically. Well, and we've had that discussion about having no
2: money cost you more money.
1: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, No, we absolutely yeah, we yeah, we've we've done on the podcast. And I know that for me, I don't know about you guys, I'm I actually I do know because anybody listening would know. If you call a doctor right now and ask, Are you accepting new patients? They will say, Who is your insurance provider? They don't say yes, they don't say no. They answer your question with another question. I challenge anyone to to test me on this because As I went through doctors and psychiatrists and even therapists, the first fucking thing out of their mouth was, "Who is your insurance carrier?" Now I have good insurance. I pay a lot for it, but it's pretty good insurance. So um, I am fortunate. I am privileged in that in that arena. You know, when I had my hernia operation, uh, it was roughly thirty five thousand dollars. You know, Um, if you didn't have insurance, you would just have to deal with that. Um, medical care is, is funky, man. It it really is. Um, indeed. and, And wasn't it anyone who has listened to this podcast for more than a couple of episodes knows how Doug, Adam, and I feel about former president Donald Trump. We are not exactly what you would consider fans.
0: Uh, however, I'm a fan, dude. I'm a huge fan.
1: You are a Trumper. You yep, are that's cool. me. You are a Trump-tard. I am Q. I am Q. You are Q. I knew it. All this time, <laughs> I knew it. It was probably the big Q t-shirt that you kept wearing to work days and days and days without washing it. Um, I do believe, and Doug will be able to spot check me here because he follows this stuff better than I do, but did he not sign into law something about transparency with hospitals and just medical in general? There was something. <clears throat> I thought, I thought so.
2: Yeah, and and it's like I don't. It it was something to do, and then at the same time, it wasn't a big, huge deal. But mm-hmm. it was it was something. I, it, 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 and I know that's about as non-specific and general. <laughs> he did
1: something humanly at some humanly
2: time. be, but there there was something related to healthcare. It was like in his last. I, th- I think it was in his last year, maybe maybe last mm-hmm. two years, uh, where there was some healthcare related bill that he had signed. Uh, you know, at the same time they were trying to tear down the Affordable Care Act, which was really interesting. Well, so but- it says
1: what I found is that on October 29th, 2020, the Department of Health and Human Services, Treasury, and Labor issued the Transparency and Coverage Final Rule. The rule imposes new transparency requirements on group health plans and health insurers in the individual and group markets. Um, that's the one that I'm thinking. And it says, under the final rule, plans and insurers must disclose cost-sharing estimates at the request of an enrollee and publicly release negotiated rates for in-network providers, historical out-of-network allowed amounts, and billed charges, uh, and drug pricing information.
2: And yeah, like I said, still, they didn't just put that shit up on a website. You still no. got to request it. I, that's, that's what I remember the, the thing being at the time that it was, it, you know, it was a measure of transparency, but it was right. a big, huge thing, you know, but I do give the guy credit for a few things that he did.
1: We, I there's, was just, there's not right. many. No, you know? no. I was just having a conversation with somebody about that. It was actually a, I, I went out on a date last week and she and I were, just, you know, politics now you have to, you, you kind of have to, um, uh, discuss that now because it's so damn, uh, polarizing. Right. And <laughs> so it's, it's just something I hate that, that shit, dude. I mean, you know, nowadays I have to, well, that dude, like the, the dating apps you, you have to, I put on there that I'm vaccinated because there are people that are like proudly unpoisoned and I'm a, Uh, 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 um, blood, pure blood, pure blood's the other one. I'm a pure blood, you know? And then you'll be flipping through a chick's pictures and all of a sudden the fourth picture is her and a big banner across her chest that says, let's go Brandon (laughs) and shit like that, you know? Um, But yeah, politics, vaccinations, Q, things like that. Um, You have to discuss that now because no one's moderate. I was just telling somebody the other day, that another big thing is, uh, I understand when somebody who is ultra liberal or fiercely liberal, as I keep seeing on, on the dating apps, um, I, I understand if you are fiercely liberal and you say no Trumpers, or if you are a huge conservative, let's go Brandon type. And you're like, no Biden lovers, no liberals, whatever. But the new thing now, and I'm seeing it more, well, I'm actually seeing it on both sides pretty, pretty, pretty good. But mostly I think from the liberal side, people will say I'm fiercely liberal no conservatives or moderates. So now I'm being punished for being a moderate no. for believing that. I don't think it's being
0: punished that you don't <laughs> get the data, crazy person.
1: Yeah, I was about to say. I think you're you're okay. you're, you're getting
2: right. card tipped up front. That's just <laughs> hi,
1: Here's a nice big glaring red flag for it. <laughs> just out there with the big, yeah, the big flag just back and forth. I mean, I guess what, and I, I, I guess I'm looking at it from a, a different perspective in that now you're going to go after moderates. And yeah, I made the joke that that's how Rome fell. So just, just saying that, you know, you go after the folks that are trying to go up the middle. And, but I, I was talking to this woman, we were discussing it and she said, listen, she goes, I- I'm not a Trump fan. She said it, but I'm not going to be mad at you if you, if you voted for Trump or whatever. She said, it's when the, only thing you can say about him if I say, hey, what what did you like about his presidency? And the best thing that you could come up with is he ain't Obama. She's like, you know, if you want to talk about some of his trade reform and stuff like that, great. You know, and like we were just saying, you know, he did the transparency thing and there were some trade uh, changes that he made. I, I, I personally feel like some of the other shit he did was well, it, the whole, well, Oh, but at least we ain't got no mean tweets, bro. I don't give a fuck about the mean tweets. It, you know, the whole insurrection (laughs) was a little bit of a problem for me. Um, that and the abandonment
2: of logic with, you know, it's like, Hey, the election was stolen from me and I've got all this evidence that I really can't present in court because it's absolute bullshit and uh, my lawyers didn't want to be disbarred, but the election was totally <laughs> right. stolen from me. Right, right. Nine yards. It's, yeah. it's like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. The, whole, the, the, the For me, the worst people, the absolute worst people are the ones that accuse everyone else of what they are actively doing.
1: Well, it's, it's, it, that is a narcissist, a narcissist at, at their very core will absolutely do that. It's gaslighting. It's part, it's, it's a type of gaslighting where you well, are actively blaming other people for things you are doing and just it, saying, uh, right. Well, see, that's
2: why it, it it's like. I'm I'm unaffiliated. You know, I don't whole flag support Democrats. I don't no. whole flag support Republicans. I no. think there's some decent ideas in between them if you combine them in the right way. But if you go to one side or the other, things kind of get a little kooky.
1: <laughs> yeah. oh, I agree completely. And that's but, uh, going to you know, no side is always right. No, and you you have people that well, I don't really agree, but he's a God fearing Republican. So I got to, I got to vote for him.
2: That's Fuck off so with fucking that. stupid, well, but, dude.
1: Right? Fuck off with that. I don't want to hear that shit.
2: Yeah. That's been my beef with the Republican party over the last 12 to, you know, well, really 12 years. Um, ha- It has been, Okay. Do the thing and then accuse the other side of exactly what you're doing. And, and and when I say that, the best example that I can give you is this whole election integrity movement, that their sole purpose is to actively undermine election integrity.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Let's take the Democratic election and completely wipe our ass with it and put in who we want.
1: And they, you know, another example of that is the, uh, of the, you know, um, kind of two things. One, I loved when the, uh, when Trump was in office and all of his disciples were running around with the bumper stickers that said, you know, I don't care about your fucking feelings and stuff like that. But then buddy, right after he got booted for Biden, their feelings were hurt. You know, they wanted to talk about everything that was so unfair and, yeah. and not right. After
0: Uh, after the Democrats just got done saying there was Russian meddling that got Trump elected the first time, now there was suddenly meddling, and you know they didn't want to hear it. That never happens. It's a conspiracy theory, right? Until their guy loses, and then it probably definitely happened.
1: And then it was Russian meddling on the on the Democrat side because (laughs) of Hillary. We went back to Hillary again, and the thing about that is go back to twenty sixteen when when they were running. There are, I can't tell you how many sound bites and clips of uh, Trump stating that the feds should uh, investigate her and lock her up. You know, lock her up. They were chanting that for fuck's sake, but it was all yeah. about the feds. He wanted the feds in there. But then just here a few weeks back, when the feds came bumping into Mar a Lago, I think it
0: was whichever yeah.
1: one of his houses. And we're like, it's Hey, not we need his to see. house
0: legally. He's not allowed to live there, but he lives there anyway.
1: Yeah. And they, they, they came in and said, Hey, we need to see some things. And all of these fucking but Dan, rednecks started screaming. Uh, even, even politicians were going online as stating that the feds were being used as a, that the, the, the FBI was being used as a weapon. They were weaponizing it and all that. And I'm like, hold the fuck up. When you start doing that, what, and by that i mean accusing your your fbi of shit that you have no proof of right you and i both know hey yeah D- do i think the feds are completely transparent and everything they've done is gr- no we know better but at the same time at some you're point you're sowing
0: you, dissent in your own country
1: I, exactly for your own personal political and financial gain and that is that to me is the most fucked up thing you can do that is the the They're going with if you, well, it's
2: like the amount of people that voted against Trump last time and the, the fucked up shit that he's done and the groups that he's alienated, you know, one of the oldest tricks in the book is if you can't win the game, you change the fucking rules. And that's what they're trying really hard to do. And I, and And I sincerely say this, you know, it's like, if you're listening to this podcast and you're a Republican, I'm not shitting on you. Right. It's like, I'm just, I'm just not. We're conservatives in general. There are a certain sect of people that align themselves with the Republican party that, they they they're seeing the writing on the wall oh, as opposed to trying to actively change to incorporate some new ideas in a new strategy to breathe new life into the party what they're actively doing is just going out and trying to change the rules to where they can install whoever mm-hmm. regardless i mean in they, they they may not be able to affect that much change, but make no mistake, that's what the intent is. And, and I feel you know, like that's why the whole, you know, that, that that's why it starts off with we the people, the 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 government is its, it's power derives from the consent of the governed.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: they're trying to take that part out of it. And Absolutely, that's the last thing anybody freaking wants. Because here's what I'm going to say: if you're if 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 you're a Republican and this is offending you, I'm terribly sorry because this can also turn around and flip 180 degrees. And if you don't think you can't wind up with a Democrat that is nuttier than squirrel shit mm-hmm. and who also has a power trip, I mean, uh-huh. just yeah. just. Just think, bizarro Donald Trump. Just take all of his policies, sure. You know, le- leave the personality intact. Sure. But take all of his policies, flip them hundred and eighty degrees, and that person would try the same shit. And you would be, and you know, all the stuff that has been thrown around for years because everybody loves to mudsling about communists in the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. You might wind up with a real fucking communist.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think I've always said that I think liberals and liberalism starts to lean very hard towards communism and socialism. And I I hear a lot of people say, well, that wouldn't be such a bad thing. And we're a democratic socialist, you know, nation and all that. And my my argument is always, yeah, I I understand that. But again, it's it's a middle ground when you get into pure socialism or pure communism or pure capitalism. Right. Right. All of the above are bad. One name me one country that has sustained it and, and been, you know, I mean, Russia's the closest thing, but again, if you talk to anyone who is actually from Russia and, you know, left there, I had a neighbor that was, uh, she had left and was not a fan, uh, bread lines and things of that nature. And then if you go the other direction to the ultra conservatives, you start getting into fascism, right? It's, it's a very, very sensitive ecosystem that we're in. And it's not, pure Democratic, it's not pure Republican, it's not pure capitalist, it's not... You know what I mean? There is no pure, really, any of it, because like you said, they're all bad. Because If you were when pure you become- capitalist,
0: you would be so shitty. I've been playing uh, a... <laughs> I've been playing this game called Nation States. It's Here very old. And I'm, a, I'm making my country pure capitalist. Bro, all the problems, there's so much pollution, there's so much crime, because right. I'm not... I don't have any social programs, so like, right. if it doesn't make you money, there's no reason to <laughs> do it. Nobody does it, right? So and there's like no streetlights or <laughs> any sort of infrastructure or anything like that because you, you can't subscribe to streetlights. You can't son. charge people per you know use right. of a streetlight.
2: <laughs> right.
1: We very much are, and you know, being a um, I have voted libertarian and. Uh, even in the libertarian side, there is the extreme and they're kind of like the anarchists. And they're like, you know, we don't need government. We don't need to pay taxes. People can do their, fix their own roads and shit so like So what are you running Did for? you ever, there was a town. Yeah. Um, I know where you're it, going with this.
2: It was like in New Hampshire or uh-huh. somewhere is in the upper Northeast. Uh-huh. And if you start researching into it, uh, you had some people who were the strictest definition of, or you could just call them libertarian nut jobs. Moved mm-hmm. in, took over the town, took over the town council, the whole nine yards, started mm-hmm. abolishing a whole bunch of services, and fucking bears showed up. <laughs> because of the trash, wasn't it? The trash and some other stuff. And uh-huh. since they had no infrastructure, because uh-huh. it was all as, as libertarian as you could possibly be, the bears basically took over the fucking town.
1: So what you're saying is, is that... Bears are support libertarianism. That we have libertarian (laughs)
2: bears bears. naturally. (laughs) They heard
1: about it. Bears are libertarian. I will totally go with that. Yeah, (laughs) the libertarian bears. (laughs) Bernstein got nothing on these bears, and that's the thing. I do believe that that socialist programs such as social security and roads and lights and things that you pay out of your taxes and, and things like that. Um, live a Um, <laughs> Jesus, Adam, you have to say that out loud. Come on. Say it, say it,
2: say it, Adam.
0: It, Adam. <sighs> do we
2: wah, have sound effects still? Wah, right, do we still have sound wah. effects? <laughs>
1: Yeah, Adam, Adam decided they were called Liberbarian. So. Liberbarians. Um, I do believe, I, I've always said, I actually got into a, uh, a relatively heated argument with somebody, I think at work one day, which is unusual for me, um, that I said, I am okay with my some of my tax dollars going to programs like welfare and stuff like that. And he said, I'm not. Now you got to understand this particular dude is about as white privileged as you've ever seen in your fucking life. Um, I, I don't think he's ever had to struggle in his life. And for him to say that made me sick to my stomach. He's like, you know, family can just take care of each other and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause everybody has that. So I'll just go on record as saying like, I don't mind that some of my money goes towards welfare and, uh, things like that. Right. I I really don't either. Uh, As (laughs) as long as it's used, uh, as long as it's used, um, well, responsibly, and stuff.
2: Well, it's, it, it, it also goes back to the same thing of you had people that, you know, it's, it's like you um, had people that were really hard anti-vaccine. Mm-hmm. And some of the people that were really hard anti-vaccine got COVID. And when many of those people went to the hospital, the first thing they did is they're like, "Oh my God, this is real! Please give me the vaccine." <laughs> and they works. have to, they, and and they have to say, "Well, you know, it's too late for that now, right, you know, right?" And I know this from firsthand experience. My mother works in a hospital, and I have this. This isn't something that I just found on 4chan or some weird shit and decided to repeat it or on Facebook or anything else. Uh, it is anecdotal, but I do have firsthand accounts to go along with the news stories that I have seen that have also confirmed it.
0: Yeah. So I know that personally
2: happened, when it, That I know. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's one of those they're against it until it affects them. You know what I mean? If if they were in a scenario where you show up to the place that you work one day and they just close the fucking doors and uh, then you've got to figure out what you're going to do. And if you're the type of person that has lived paycheck to paycheck up until that point and hats off to you for. You know, getting out there, working, and being a productive human. But when you find yourself with no other options, that's what those mm-hmm. social programs are designed for. Mm-hmm. Are there people that take advantage of it? Of yes. course. There, I think there that are people that percentage. take advantage of everything, everything Anything right. that you can possibly imagine. Right? Do you guys or remember when, taking uh, advantage of it? Even fucking coupons for Christ's sake.
0: Do you guys remember when Arkansas, I think it was, started drug testing to get food stamps? Yes. And everybody passed and they wasted a bunch of money on the drug testing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, they thought they, they
0: were going to save so much money and yep. kick all these heroin addicts off of their food stamps. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to be,
1: I'm going to be found completely nobody. open and honest about something. I'll be completely transparent. I was for that. I was actually for that. And I'll tell you why is because most companies nowadays drug test for um, employment, employment. Yeah. And I said, okay. You know, if nothing else, maybe it it keeps somebody clean. You know, while they're getting food stamps or whatever. But then, like you right. said, the numbers didn't didn't add up. These well, it seems like
0: there's this big myth that like everyone on food stamps is just a lazy like drug right. addict, especially
1: right. like in
2: because conservative that helps areas. Sell a narrative. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep, it, it, it helps
0: it, you it, cut down on your social right. programs if you can say there's right. no use except for helping out these freeloaders, which. Yep isn't really the case anywhere.
1: And if you're a guy who works 60 hours a week and you're busting your ass to feed your kids, if you're some blue collar dude out in Idaho or somewhere and you're busting your ass 60 hours a week to feed your kids, feed your family, right? And they can drum up that kind of hatred and they can drum up that kind of, you know, agitation, Mm -hmm. then they can get your vote. You know, this guy cares. He's going to get all these freeloading minority fucking drug addicts and, and you know, kick them off welfare and save me a bunch of tax money. No, he ain't, dude. No, he ain't. He's They're going to find a way to pocket that money. They're going to find somewhere. See, I tell people I'm right up the middle and because it, it really depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about what people can do with their bodies, right? I'm <laughs> – I'm pro-choice, but I love when people tell me I'm pro-abortion. Like I'm just running around with some ether and a fucking uh, coat hanger, just going to town. I think abortion
0: should be mandatory.
1: Absolutely, right? I mean, that's where I stand. Jesus, fuck people. I'm pro-choice, right? Because I don't have any religious bullshit to tell me that you know that it's wrong. One, two. If it is wrong, let God figure that shit out. I ain't here to do it. If you're doing stuff with your body, if you want to be a woman, if you identify as a fucking attack helicopter, um, whatever it is, as long as you're not trying to fuck children or hurt children or hurt anybody, do whatever the fuck you want, as long as you're not hurting anybody. But then when it comes to money, I'm very conservative. Like we've had the conversation maybe even on here about the homeless and especially out in Colorado and Denver, there's a huge homeless population, like homeless camps and shit. It's crazy, right? And there was this big thing where they wanted to throw a bunch of money at it, and I voted against that as as part of the thing. That, you know, I voted against it. People are like, how could you? You're heartless. Listen, there is already a ton of money out there for the homeless. There are programs for them. I have talked to homeless people in several states. A lot of them are either have mental health issues and don't know it, um, but believe it or not, a very large chunk of them don't want the kind of help that you think that they want. They want you to give them some money so they can go eat, right? Or buy smokes or fucking soda, whatever it is they want. But they don't want to live life like you do. A very large portion of them, they don't want to go to work every day. They don't want have to a, own a home.
0: I have a homeless hot take. Go for it. I think Denver should construct a skid row in the same way that LA did. Mm-hmm. Because if people don't want to stop being homeless, you can't fix the problem. And the best that you could do is contain it. If you actually look into Skid Row, Skid Row, it's actually Mm -hmm. a pretty, it it was intentional. It didn't just, it wasn't just a big homeless camp that Mm -hmm. became a thing. Like they intentionally zoned it and built it Mm -hmm. and they use like psychological things to sort of mark the edges, like big Mm -hmm. bright spotlights and things. And uh, contain it by only enforcing like loitering and things like that outside of Skid Row. Right outside.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I actually think that's a brilliant idea. And the problem is, is a lot of your do-gooders and um, uh, folks, they're like, no, 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 we need to help them and get them. And they want to. I mean, on the surface,
0: it sounds like a really shitty idea because you're just creating
1: this shithole basically. But you're keeping them in one place. It's safer for a lot of people, including them. Um, if you've ever seen a homeless camp, even after, you know, Boulder was, was dozing homeless camps and stuff, the amount of needles and feces and blood and just, they're, they're not happy places. Right. Yeah. And I do feel bad for the, the the folks that do, I feel bad for the folks that have got mental health issues. Like I've never been, I've never been, um, particularly like quiet about my own mental health issues on this podcast. I've talked about them a lot because they're, they're a big part of who I am and they've made me, I remember about six months ago when I was going through like my nervous breakdown, I was seeing homeless people and I would look at them and they'd be twitching and, and talking to themselves. And I remember I told Adam and Doug, I said, you know, I, I looked at these folks and I thought I'm not as bad off as I, I kind of feel like I am sometimes because I still know the difference between reality and not reality. Right. Some of these folks don't. And I do feel bad for the people who have mental health issues and, and could benefit from counseling or medication or, or whatever uh, and, and might be more contributing members of society. But a lot of them, I remember talking to a guy, this was in Columbus, this wasn't out here. And we were, it was when I was in bands and we had just gotten done with the show or whatever. And I was standing outside and we're all shit faced and stoned. And, you know, this guy comes up and he's asking for money. And we just start talking and towards it, some point in the conversation, uh, somebody said something about there was a church up the road that, you know, they had beds and all this stuff. And he's like, man, fuck that place. You you can't drink there. You got to be in by 10 and you got to be sober and all this stuff. And I, I actually have heard that narrative a couple of times since then. And that really changed. And people could say, well, it was one guy. It was two guys. Okay. Well, again, how many homeless people have you really, talk to. And, and, you know, I mean, of course, when they're on the side of the road, they're going to tell you, Oh, I, I, I want whatever it is that you think I should want for you to give me that five bucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're playing you, dude. They don't want the same life that you do. And that's fine. Right. I, I, that, that's okay. But you're right. They, sh- they should, it, it makes more sense to construct an area where they are safe and like monitored um, they're still free. You can still leave. You can leave Skid Row. Just don't go panhandling or breaking into yeah. houses and cars. The, big,
0: the biggest problem around LA was that like one suburb would push them out and they would just go to another one.
1: And that's what they're doing here. That is exactly yeah. what's happening here. Yep. So you're you're probably right that they need to do, they need to construct something like that. And again, you want to use my tax dollars for that? Fine. But stop trying to take my tax dollars to open up shelters and clinics and More all this stuff shelters. that they that they don't want to use. Yeah. They're not well, interested in that.
2: By the same token, uh, what I would say, as opposed to saying, okay, the solution is to put them all in one place or to do what have you, uh, I would think that if, if you're going to be intelligent about it and you're going to uh, approach it in the most calculated way possible, I think you need to throw an economist at it because- mm-hmm that it's 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 costing you one way or another. The, right. the, the right. question is going to be what gives us the best outcome for the money? Because you know, I you know, just like you were saying earlier, you can obviously just throw money at a problem. We can mm-hmm. construct a special area, we can construct housing, we can make clinics, we can do all of the above. But there have been various cities that have tried all of these options. And if you really wanted to do something about it, you would figure out what, number one, what homelessness is costing you just with no intervention, which is almost the way it is now, but not quite. Right. Um If you could quantify those costs, then you can do a cost-benefit analysis, this is the thing that works the best mm-hmm. for this amount of money. Mm-hmm. And it could be set aside. And, you know, it's when we were talking about the mental health thing. And, I, you know, I completely get it. One thing I think that we do need to bring back, we just don't need to bring bring it back at the same scale, um, is uh, mental institutions. Because, you know, most of those over the country, got shut down and there were some obviously uh, a lot of horror stories. And some of these places where you've got uh, someone that nobody's going to listen to and uh, being the fact that you do have shitty people on the planet, they're going to take advantage of them in whatever way that they can, whether it's monetary, sexual, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I- anything that they can possibly get out of it. But I think that there do, there, there There does need to be a place for the people that uh, their their reality is so dissociated. You know, they think, they're saving somebody by killing this demon, but it's not sure. a demon. It's a, uh, you know. It's some neighbor. It's, it's, <laughs> it's their, their neighbor, or 16-year-old kid or sure. or, or, some, sure. or something else of the sort. Well, and
1: there is, still, there is still some degree of that. I mean, uh, you can yeah. still well, be committed. They either
2: wind up, uh, well, they wind up homeless or they wind sure. up in jail. Because they did whatever neither, they did. Neither society nor a prison. Is the best way to deal with no. them, because now you've got um, a nut in a penal colony, and you know it, 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 what you really want from a jail, even though society thinks it's all about punishment, uh, you know that, that that's kind of a form of hell or torture or whatever, you know, oh, this is so awful, I shouldn't do it again. But what a, a, a jail should do. Which it's not doing is, okay, this was wrong. It should be a re education place where you can reintroduce them as a productive member of society. And the last thing that you would want to do under that kind of umbrella is drop a nut in the middle of it. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I, I never want to, I personally never want to drop a nut. Uh, right <laughs> in a penal area, right in the middle of a, of a prison. Yeah. It yeah. just seems like it would be, uh, it would be well, bad you've juju come all you close around. to
2: that before. You know, I imagine if anybody on the podcast has more experience with, uh, that particular area, I'm not aware of it. Just, so. <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> Hold on. Da, wait. Da, Dan is the testicular expert on the podcast <laughs>
1: oh, okay yeah as far as yeah as far as testicles and 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 nerves and what yeah I probably know more than a lot of people about that subject these days uh that is that is fair yeah I just uh you know an economist a healthcare expert you know I'm down with uh you know, if you had like a skid row to set up a, a vaccine clinic for everything from flus to um, standard diseases that run through populations like that, you know, et cetera, because, again, herd immunity and keeping everybody healthy. I- I'm good with giving them, you know, certain basic things that we can, but you're just never going to make them adhere. They have an alternate an alternative society view. And you they can't make them want to No. No, and Happy a lot of homes. them and a lot of them don't. And that's just a yeah. fact, you know. So again, and that's where I get conservative, is when you're spending my money. I don't care to spend money on social programs. It just pisses me off when I see that being absolutely squandered. Whatever it is you're trying to fix, you know, we hey, here's here's one that we can all agree on, right? Roads. We pay all this money with our tags and our emissions and and all of that. And it's supposed to go to, um, you know, fixing roads, but then I'm blowing a damn shock out of my car because I hit a pothole that, you know, has its own zip code. Um, Those are the things that piss me off, right? Yeah. Or you've got, right, you, you want to take my money and spend it on homeless, whatever. And it's this big, beautiful building and no one's using it or it's like 8% occupied. And I'm like, there you go. Like, I don't <laughs> care that you took my money for the betterment of humanity. I just want to see some bettermenting. <laughs> That's all I want. Right. I want yeah. to see it work. Same with, you know, when they, like they made, when they made pot legal out here, the big thing was pumping it back into the schools. Um, uh, the pot. pot. <laughs> yeah, <not> pot. I, <laughs> as soon as I have I was like, oops. <laughs> um, uh, Pumping the money, the profits back into schools, I believe, was one of the places they were going to do. Same with lottery money in the South. Um, oh,
0: what a scam, bro! Right,
1: and and the, the thing North is,
0: Carolina is, Education Lottery, my ass! Right,
1: and therein that that's when my conservative side comes out, and I start getting pissed off, and I say, "No, fuck that! I'm okay with you taking my money. I'm okay with you starting a lottery, and and." I don't personally play the lottery. I think I did when it was up to a billion dollars, because who the fuck doesn't want to be an insta billionaire? Um, <laughs> yeah. Just saying. But uh, the that's when my conservative side comes out. Is is when I see money being squandered, I'm going, huh? How much do I pay? You know, I get an annual bonus every year, and they take something like thirty five percent of my annual bonus. Now, yeah, I know where Dan gets a bonus and they take money out of it. No, it's not that. It's how fucking much they take. (laughs) You're taking a third of my bonus-
0: For no reason. To put it towards
1: taxes, (laughs) right? For things that I'm just not seeing the benefit of, right? I'm I'm seeing, uh, you know, the DMVs are shutting down and there's only so many because, you know, we can't afford to keep them open and all that. Okay, well again. Where are my tax dollars, tag dollars, emissions dollars? Where, where's where's oh. all of that going? Certainly not to keep Denver air clean. So, Well, what pisses me off is
2: privately owned toll roads. Oh, God. Hmm. Privately owned yeah. toll roads. It's like, holy fuck toll lanes, toll whatever else. It's like, listen, I don't mind if it, because, you know, originally that was the way that you used to do it. You would build uh, a road, you would build a bridge. uh, You had to front the costs. And if you were going to recoup those because you really realistically weren't collecting the tax dollars to pay that off, you made it a toll road until the tolls paid for the road or mm-hmm. the bridge or what have you. And then those damn things got removed. Now you have uh, private corporations who uh, pay for part of building a road. The road gets built. And then not only do all, are all of those fees not going to the state to pay for the road, they're going to that private corporation in perpetuity. And those private corporations word those contracts in such a fashion that as if there is a traffic accident, um, some sort of anything that inhibits their use of the road. If the road is not getting used enough to meet a certain criteria, the state has to turn around and pay them fucking money.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Out here, it's uh, wow. 470. And a big chunk of 470 is owned by some—is it Filipino company? Uh, no way. Yeah, that they and that's like Doug was saying. It's just a, its this money-generating thing that will be here forever. It's—it's um, it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, There's a
0: highway in North Carolina, I-77, that runs through Charlotte, and uh, it gets too congested all the time. And uh, they were deciding whether they wanted to reduce traffic by widening the road or just making it a toll road. Mm-hmm. And so they made it a toll road to reduce traffic. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is the dumbest fucking mm-hmm. thing.
1: So people that can't afford to use it yeah. are once <laughs> again your, punished.
0: Get, your broke ass takes the side roads. Yeah,
1: your broke ass takes the the, the side roads in a vehicle that's probably barely hanging on. Uh, you know, overheating, more more tire wear, more gas, more miles, Uh, right? So again, fuck you for being financially, you know, not wealthy or something. I don't. Yeah,
0: fuck you. You should have been born richer. (laughs) There you go.
1: But just remember, the bears are libertarian. Liberbarians.